Welcome to the first ever edition of the Hunt Success Podcast. I'm Sean Massey. And I'm Jamie Wilson, and I am super excited. This is actually take two, as we now have the right software, so this is uh, exciting. It's an honor to introduce our first guest, a good friend of mine for the last 10 years, Fernando Perella. He has been the face of Levi Jeans, featured on the front cover of Men's Health magazine, an actor for Channel 3 in Thailand. He's also a successful entrepreneur, co-founding Active Study Match while in university. He now resides in Phuket, Thailand. So yeah, that's awesome. So sit back, get your headphones in, grab a glass of water, and I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Thank you for being here. Yeah, nice yeah. to see you guys. <laughs> awesome to talk to you again for the second time, man. Um, <laughs> I feel like I know you more, so it's good. Uh, at least we've got the right uh, software now. Uh, yes. But that's the thing, you've got you to fail forward and you've got to learn, so it's good. Yeah. Now, without going back too far, let's kick things off with how your career got started. Sean was mentioning that I've done modeling before, and um, to cover that, it was a really good experience. Did not expect it to do that at all in the beginning. At a random photo shoot, and uh, we actually drove down to Hat Yai, which is like about six hours from Phuket, to do this uh, competition. Did not know anything about it, what to do, because it was my first fashion walk ever. But uh, you know, when you really get out there and um, when you try things, let's say on the road, you, you really get the hang of it, get the confidence out of it. And um, that's how I kind of um, maybe I was lucky. Or maybe because we were working out a lot too before that, um, I kind of won for the southern, um, southern, southern part. Yeah, Levi. so you so you came first in yeah. southern Thailand, and that yeah. I think so you signed a contract with Levi's. Yeah, then after that everything comes together. Like uh, like I said, you know, once you get out there and when you want it, I signed a contract with them. I actually uh, went on to Bangkok to do other things that I haven't done again. Uh, which is um, photo shoots for Men's Health magazine, for Image magazine, for Volume magazine, for uh, actually also for Billboard. I was um, on the subway billboard, uh, highway billboard. Awesome. Um, the best part about it, though, like I really get to meet like a lot of people and important people. So that's a really good connection as well. Yeah. So you, we were living in Phuket for well, I was there for six years, I think, before you moved. Would you say you moved for a career decision or family or what, what prompted you to move to Bangkok? It was kind of both because um, we were actually going to go to uni to Bangkok anyway so the timing was really good. Yeah, because well, how old were you, 17? Yeah, I was 17 back then. Yeah, wow. So um, it was also for career. To compare between Phuket and Bangkok, um, it was a really good timing to, like I mentioned, to meet you know, big people. People who were running, like, um, you know, um, managing director of Levi's, managing director of Men's Self magazines. And they were like um, good people for you to learn and to ask some questions about, you know, how did you get all of this done in your life? So um, you really comprehend that and accumulate those information. And all of this is just coming from, like, you know, you have your, let's say you have your boss, even though I did not like it to do modeling at all. But um, you know, I just got out there and do it. Yeah, because knowing you, you're the you're quite a down to earth guy. So how did you deal with you know rising to fame in a way, being on the cover of Men's Health, being an actor? How did you stay grounded 
um, with, you know, like all of us who were still going to school, we were seeing you on TV and in magazines. What kept you level-headed and down-to-earth? Yeah, you, you, you just got to kind of like remind yourself because you kind of know that, uh, you know, entertainment industry, how it works. People are a little bit like um, high so and uh, nose up. That's the term for it, nose up. And it could change you a lot, you know. So that really depends on your personality, especially where I come from. I come from Phuket, spending time with you guys, you know, in a really nice school. Um, you know, when you're in that situation, you're just trying to observe. And then after you did all your modeling and stuff, and, um, you know, like you said, you learned that people were very much driven uh, by money, driven by how they looked. They wanted you to act a certain way. What prompted you to then move on? What made you move on from modeling? Like I, me- like I mentioned, like you just got to observe. You don't want to get stuck in it. You could be in it, but you want to understand what is going on around you, what is surrounding you, and that's another lesson of your life. Um, you're in a situation that you have never been there before. You were meeting people that they're not really, let's say, educated in their head in my own way. You know, they're a little bit like, uh, again, modeling, you know, industry. And uh, soon I have understood that how the system works and I did not like it. And I'm the kind of person that I didn't like it. I've gained enough experience out of it. I've gained my connection. Um, I've done this, you know, it's going to be good. I know, I know now I've, I've done enough observation. So then I kind of move on. And um, before I move on, I just finished my, my high school, and then I was in my uni at the same time. So during that time, I was, um, the reason why I left modeling, because I was studying in the same time as well. And my time, my time management wasn't that good enough, because they wanted me to get out of school and to do the modeling job, and also acting. And that's when acting came in. Acting was actually kind of fun, but unfortunately... Um, Unfortunately, like um, the industry was all mixed up together. They were all connected together, and I didn't like that as well. I couldn't focus just on acting. Um, if it was just acting, I would have been much better with it, and I would have stick with it, I guess, because that was a great moment for me too. I get to meet like big artists, like director of uh, the movie that I've done, the last two movies that I've done. He was really, really. Um, how could I put it, like uh, nature. He was into nature. He was really organic in himself. Got a really poor soul. And that's another thing that I kind of learned from him. Mm. Um, and acting really put myself like in challenge as well. You know, it, it wasn't easy work as well. It wasn't easy work at all, acting in Thai, in Thai movie industry. Um, you really get little sleep, like three to four times a day. Uh, three, three to four hours a day. And you were shooting like almost six days a week. You were going to like a lot of destinations, so you really got to put up with yourself when you get into the scene and become like someone else, you know? Yeah, wow. Because I remember last time you were saying you were doing photo shoots almost every day, and then now you're casting and filming six days a week. You obviously didn't have much time for yourself. When you walked away, did you just take some time off and focus on your studies? Did you go on a holiday? What what did you do? While, While I was doing my acting... Imagine like I was sleeping like four days, uh, four hours a day, and trying to do my my thing with my uni as well. Was I really, I was really into uni, so I just kind of like lay that off, and I just went fully. I did, I did not take any holiday at all. I did not have any break. I just want to get something done. Because right now, like I, I was basically I was kind of young. I was doing like a lot of things in the same time, so it was a little bit all over the place. 
So I just want to be, you know, I just want to focus on something and put all of that energy into it. After all, I've done, you know, and observe and understand doing different things. So basically, I decided, like, yeah, um, I'm not going to be in the industry anymore. It's taking a lot of time. People controlling my, you know, my life, basically. Everything is in their hand, in the hand of people that they're not really sustainable, you know. Someone else could come easily, you know, and my attitude is not like that. So I kind of went back to studies, and that was another life cycle that I have gone through into the business life. Yeah, because you're the kind of person that likes to stay busy, stay active. Yeah. And I know that not doing, not doing anything is hard for you. So how did you fill your time in uni when you weren't acting? Uh, that was really interesting because... I actually spent like uh, almost six months just on my uni and um, I was also doing uh, a multi-marketing, I was working with a multi-marketing company that my friend introduced. So that's when I actually started to learn my public speaking because this multi-marketing company basically, you know, you, you got to sell, you got to get people in your, um, how do you say it, in your um, under you kind of thing, you know. So you got to go to a lot of meetings and in the meantime I was in my uni as well. So that's how I kind of like kept myself busy. I was going to a lot of meetings. I was talking in front of people about two to three times a, a week. But I was doing a lot of sales. Like after school, I would have like friends or uh, people who would actually come to me and ask me, ask me about this company, basically. And I was working with them for like, you know, almost a year until I actually got a really good system underneath me. I was actually lucky. I got this girl. She was really good. And she was working with me really close, and I was earning quite a lot of money while I was studying from this company, talking about like maybe 3000 bucks a month. Yeah, so, well, that's good in Thailand. And I think yeah. if people, especially in Australia, people aren't aware of how powerful network marketing is. I mean, in America, it's, you know, a, I think a $200 billion industry, if I'm right. And it's only just, you know, come into play here. Me and Jamie have um, been involved with it for some time now. And I actually didn't know this until you mentioned it, that, they, that you were involved in it in Thailand as well. Yeah, I was involved in it. And um, so, but uh, what matters to me the most during that time is that I, I was actually applying my sales tactics and uh, my public speaking. And also what I've learned from before in modeling and in acting career um, to stand up in front of people, to be fine among people, you know. So, like, all of that experience starts to come back together in that business field. And in the meantime, I was also doing my school. At some point, while I was doing this, I got to the point that in university, I did not really... I, I was doing good, but I there was something missing, you know. Like, I wasn't really catching much from uni. I feel like I was... I could have done something better if I wasn't sitting in the class um, listening, you know, what they're trying to teach, which is not really practical. It's too much of a uh, memorizing, you know, memorizing a concept of uh, business and trying to apply in your future life. But, you know, if you memorize something, you would never learn it. You would just memorize it to pass an exam to get an A. Once you get an A, once, once you get a B, you forget about it. But uh, if you're really out there and doing something like MSTAR or like modeling agency in the past, you know, you kind of get hurt, you kind of get pain, you've gone through like struggle, you know, so that is something that you actually would learn. So I got to a point that 
I understood that I shouldn't be in the uni right now. I could come back to study. So I decided to kind of drop down. And then uh, I went on my own way doing MSTAR and all that for my uni. I also won the public, public speaking competition. I went to the States and I met like Richard Branson's. I went to this uh, uh, business forum. So I get to interview some famous people. And there was a really good opportunity with university too. I'm not saying to drop out or anything. It's really up to you. But uh, university could actually give you some great opportunity like that too to meet like people from around the world. Yeah, so you actually, it was a speaking competition, is that right? Public speaking yeah, competition? Like a public speaking competition. And then uh, the first one I've lost, the second one I've won. And then because of those competitions that I, was, that I was involved with the university, they actually sent me to the States after winning a, um, like a, a domestic competition in university, let's say. And that was a really good experience. I was only 18 and a half, first time I traveled to the States, you know, getting to meet like a lot of students from around the world. Like I said, I went to the radio city of New York. So I was uh, behind the scene where the famous people were speaking, famous entrepreneur. Like I mentioned, Richard Branson, the, um, Richard Branson, the owner of Nike, or CEO of Nike. And then uh, Anderson, Anderson from CNA, I actually spoke to him too. So that was a good experience. That was a really good thing that I've done for uni. And I think that's, that's really cool that you went from modeling to, you know, you, then you went to uni and then you went to network marketing where you learned a lot of these skills, um, you know, working with people, working in a team, casting a vision while earning money. Um, and then these skills were able to just put you in a place where you were then surrounded by all these successful people. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So out of this time, you know, I was just accumulating knowledge and skills, but really practical. Everything has to be practical. Nothing is, uh, nothing is about memorizing. People have to forget that, you know. People make a lot of mistakes by doing that. They think like they, they'll become pro or skilled if they actually just memorize the topic and things like that. I don't like that. I don't like that concept at all. I'm very much like that myself. Um, you know, I've spoken on a few big stages now um, with the company that we're involved in and I, I, I guess, you know, you always want to have something, you always want to practice what you want to say, but I feel, and that's the same as some top people in our company, that just be more authentic, just be more you, and um, people will actually connect with you on a higher level than someone that's reading from um, cards and from a board. Yeah, and that's how you find yourself too, you know, when you're actually out there and you're doing your own thing. Because in the beginning, you may be a little bit all over the place, and that's normal because you're trying to find the right track of what you're doing. But if you're just sitting around and, you know, following the system too much, then um, it's going to give you a harder time in the future. Yeah, and I think it's crazy that you realize this, you know, when you were 19, 20 years old. So many people can relate that they're just sitting in an office at a desk job that they hate. Or maybe they are still in uni and they're realizing, you know, I'm not learning anything here. I could be doing something more meaningful in my life. And you've realized that. And... When you realized that, how did you go about that? Did you have something set up already you knew you wanted to do or did you just leave and say, hey, I'm going to figure this out? Um, I, well, back then, well, of course, I had my family business, but I did not go back straight away to do my family business. What I wanted to do is to create something on my own. So I saved up quite a lot of money from modeling and uh, uh, network marketing that I've done. So when I got back from New York, I'm going back to the story again, I, I, you know, I was sitting down in my class. I remember it was a marketing class. And that moment right there, I kind of like thought to myself, you know, like meeting all of these people and being to New York, it's, maybe it's time for me just to get out of here and 
use this gap of time that I spend in uni, go on the road and try to really do something about about it, create my own business, which I already had some ideas. So I've done that, and luckily I've met um, one of my greatest business partner. He was 27. I was just like 19 and, a, 19 and a half, back then 19 and a half, almost 20. His name was Tyler, and he was from the States. He was, in the, he was uh, directing a school, basically. And uh, we met up, and we were friends for a while, and then we kind of like um, started our own business. And he helped me a lot because this guy was actually older than me. So I'm going back, I met Tyler, and he was actually a great help because this guy was actually working his butt off since he was like 18. You know, he finished his uni, as soon as he finished his uni, he was like working, 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 working. So he actually taught me a lot. But we were working together too, you know, we did not, we never started a business. He never started a business, I've never started a business. So we basically came with an idea of how could we provide an education or like a English courses to home private student into company with commodity because you're in Bangkok and the idea was like Bangkok when someone wants to go to school or when someone wants to go to work or learn an extra language um, they have to go through a lot of chaos and traffic yeah and for people listening like the education and mark uh, the education market in Thailand and I think a lot of Asia is very saturated there's so many tutoring companies out there and ways to learn I mean um, in Asia extracurricular education is huge so you guys walked into a market that had a yeah. lot of competition how did you diversify yourself and set yourself up for success but diversify like we kind of like before we even started the company we already knew that there were a lot of like touring center like Wall Street Boston Bright and other small touring school in Bangkok but the but to, to beat that competition and to be different people have to go to class okay you may get a foreign teacher but mostly you're going to be sitting in a class with like 10 people, 12 people. You know, you don't really get to be comfortable in it. And you're spending quite a lot of money. You check the price. You're spending quite a lot of money. For three months, you could spend up to like 2,000 bucks just to sit in a class with a foreign teacher and tell you 10, 10 people. You know, someone may be better than you. Someone may be confident in you and you're a little bit shy to ask questions. So we thought, like, how could we do this? So we were actually able to manage to create this system to provide private tutor, cheaper price, way cheaper, and they're coming to your home. So what? So that's what they, so that's what we did. Yeah, well. Uh, um, so basically, in the beginning, we were just—it was just me and him. We were just like teaching. We were just going to different places and teaching, teaching, teaching. Minimize the profit. We did not have an office. We were using our apartment for the office. Uh, we were just going crazy. You know, we didn't care. Just to build the capital to build up the system, even higher. Until, uh, you know, we built a tracking system for the tutor and for the student to check their time. We actually started to build a Facebook marketing campaign. Um, we started to get involved with more teachers. So now we're starting to send out teachers to clients. And these are all word of mouth, created by us just being really in the dirt. In the beginning, you're going to be in the dirt. You know, you're going to start to, like, um, show your product and show your own service by your own. And then the word of mouth spread, and then we needed more, we needed more human resource, so that's what we did. We started to get in contact, contact with like a lot of teachers. So once we were sending out teachers, it was getting like, it, took, it, it didn't take that fast, I'm talking fast, but it took like actually six to eight months before we actually got to that point. And then at that point, we reached out with a teacher that was actually work, was working for Google. So we were introduced by Google AdWords, and he actually, we had like an agreement between us 
We were giving him a lot of jobs. Um, and he taught us how to use Google AdWords. So now I'm getting into marketing. And Google AdWords is really different than SEO because you're paying by clicks. You could be in the top five. You could modify your keywords all the time. You could modify your campaigns all the time. So it was really interesting. It was really, really, really interesting. And so then we managed to understand how to use the Google, Google AdWords and we were managed to connect it with our Facebook and our website. So now we started to receive more phone calls. We started to get to be in the center of the business, which was another breaking point, working in the office by meaning, not going out and teaching and having like over 30 teachers, getting like phone calls every day. And we were actually managed to separate it our work field. I was actually working with a customer relation. Uh, Tyler was working with the teacher relation. I was doing sales on the phone. I was coordinating with the teacher, telling them the logistics where to get there, going for the meetings, by meaning going to pick up the teacher, going to see the, the, the clients, trying to sell in front of them, giving them like private lessons for free for the first 30 minutes. So it was really good. I was learning a lot of things in the dirt. Yeah, I think um, that's really good Like to have a business go from nothing to within, I mean, you guys started with the office in your apartment and now eight months a year down the track, use a yeah. permanent in the office, having the teachers go out to the students and you're just focusing on the clientele. How did, um, how many mistakes did you make and what did you learn? Like what were some key mistakes you guys made in that first year? The key mistake, oh man, we lost some money for sure. Like uh, we were actually, we were actually trying different things. We were actually hiring people. We were throwing a lot of money in the Facebook. We were, we were actually, uh, we almost lost. We lost. We actually lost money in uh, trying to rent an office, going too fast. Yeah, we, we were losing money, man. Before we got to that stage, you got to lose something. You got to go through some pain. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing that, um, especially these days, young people or all yeah. the people that are getting into business or network marketing or anything is they just expect fast results. They don't expect yeah. any failure. They don't expect any hardships. <laughs> you know, and um, it seems to be a bit of a mentality of uh, a lot of people these days um, that want to they want to become successful, but have to realize they've got to put in the time. They've got to be determined, and they've got to be willing to fail forward. Yeah, Jimmy, you're completely right. You know, like I was. We were actually really impatient in the beginning, and that's one of the key lessons that I've learned is patient. You know, after after that had came in, um, if you don't have patience, you you really start to lose control, and like you could actually lose a lot of money. Yeah. But we managed to put things together. You got to go through that anyway when you start your own business. That's the normal nature of it. There's no way that you're not going to lose money in the beginning. And then, um, yeah, going back into it. We created a pretty big system, so now we learn Google AdWords. I was getting a lot of phone calls in a day. I was working with companies, and now we're getting into like almost our second year of business. So we actually got like Fuji, we got CPN, uh, which um, they're big companies in Thailand. CPN they actually handles the Central Festival, you know, Central Sean. Yeah, massive all shopping stores and all that. It's like a mega store basically. Uh, we were working with a lot of uh, import export company. Ducati as well. So now it was actually it was actually interesting. I was going into big meetings with like a lot of people, and I was the guy who had to like explain everything. How is the course gonna work? Giving them free lessons in the beginning. We gotta test them. So it was really good fun. It was really good fun. 
it was a good experience, I have to say. And then, so you, you know, you guys became quite successful. You had all these different companies and businesses working alongside with you, collaborations, and then you got to a point where things started a bit overflowing for you, and you decided yeah. to step away. Yeah, that uh, we got into a time that um, you know disagreement always exists in the business between your business partner, but when that happened. You really gotta sit down and uh, talk it out and find out a way to resolve it. So basically, I wanted to change it a little bit. Hiring the teacher full time, we were having part time teachers, and things were getting a little bit out of control. Teachers weren't getting really doing. They weren't really like being serious about it. Some of them, you know, um, because it was part time. They already have the full time job. Whenever they want to earn their money, they would just go and teach. Sometimes they wouldn't show up. So I was going through a lot of that, a lot of pressure with the clients because I was getting a lot of phone calls, getting yelled at. So I have to manage that. And the same thing with Tyler in the other hand. So that was a good lesson for me too, like really putting myself like underneath the pressure with the client and really handling my attitude and talking to them easily and really solving the problem right away. Getting because we had a lot of teachers that we could trust even they were working part time. So getting to the point I wanted to hire like full time teachers, like full time but uh, my business partner, he did not want to do that. He wanted to keep the system that the way it is going because it was going good. The income is good, you know. We recovered the capital, you know. We were actually getting to the profit after two years and a half. He was just want, he just wanted to do that. He just wanted to keep going that way. And um, but while we were having that discussion, let's say, a teacher actually came in, and uh, this guy was working. He he owned a school basically. He was owning a school already, but he was working with us because he was get he was getting to teach with like big companies, so he likes that. He was getting pretty big ass pay. He came in and then you know he was like, yeah, he wanted to partner with us. So then um, and he offered us a pretty good money. So we said, yeah, okay, you could partner with us, you know. But he, now he's he's getting a lot of share from us. Like um, we were we were we were like maybe we had like lower share than him. We were managing director. He was just putting a lot. He was pumping a lot of money in the company. And then so time goes by, he was changing the system, he was doing things on his own, you know, he was, he was changing our curriculum because we actually created books for our teachers too. When they go to teach, they don't have to do lesson planning. And then so we got to a point after six months, he told us, which was like almost three years of business, three years of business, he told us, like, could I just buy your whole company? And this is what I'm going to offer, I'm going to give you guys as much money. I know that you guys, uh, you guys are also interested in selling your company as well. In terms of like, you know, we wanted to change the system and all that. And then so it was really complicated. I, I felt a little bit bad, you know, because it was my baby, man. Like when you created a business, that's your baby. You know, you have created that. You give birth to that. You know, I, I have expectation. I was going good with it. With Tyler, we were going, actually, we were hard workers. We were getting along too. And uh, so we, we ended up selling it. And, and we walked away from it. It was really depressing, sad, but that's good. Looking back into it, while it, when I sold it, I asked myself, like, what the hell do you learn throughout all this? And you learn a lot of things. You actually learn how to actually work. Work and really find your own money to survive. I rented a place on my own. I actually experienced uh, not getting any family support. I was buying my own food. You know, I was uh, learning how to sell. I was learning how to talk to people. I was changing myself. I became a completely different person. You know, so yeah, I could I think the the wealth of knowledge 
you yeah. have now at 23 years old yeah. takes some people, you know, 30, 40 years plus to acquire. You know, it takes them that long just to realize they don't like the job they're in or they don't like the situation they're in before they change it. And yeah. you've gone through all these things from modeling, acting, starting yeah. your own company, traveling, meeting people, um, you know, CEOs of Nike, Pepsi, Richard Branson. Yeah. And now you've got all this knowledge behind you. You're back in Phuket now running yeah. your family's restaurant alongside your dad. What are your plans looking forward? What have you learned and what are you looking to do in the future? Yeah, now I've, uh, you know, um, right now I'm basically com coming back to the core. I've actually applied all my knowledge. I started a website and Facebook, Google campaign for my dad's restaurant. I kind of update it. So I'm actually starting right now. I want to invest my money in Forex and in other things and, you know, keep learning and increasing my knowledge into it. Yeah. Just You, you just got to keep learning, keep going. And now it's a completely different concept working in the hospitality, which I've ever done before. And I'm mean, actually getting to meet a lot of people around the world. Serving people is a new job. So that's my plan now to answer your question. I'm just, um, I, got, I got enough money, I got enough capital, and I just would love to, you know, start something. Maybe it could be a new business too. You never know. You just got to keep yourself in the present, keep working, keeping busy. You don't know. You got to be in the present. The, the biggest thing that I just love that you said probably about two sentences, two sentences before was that you're coming back to just serving people because I yeah. really think that at the end of the day, that's the same as myself and I, I truly believe that's the same as Sean that's right here, that really we're just trying to find a way that we can live our lives while serving people and contributing to this world. Yeah, you gotta share. You gotta share. You gotta share your experience. You know, you gotta share with the community. That's how it works. You don't need to look at the money. You cannot look at the money and what and things that you're doing at some point. Um, that's what I've learned too. Just be busy all the time. Just keep running. You know, keep yourself like um, chill, chill down a little bit. You know, don't don't freak out. A lot of people would freak out a lot. And um, things would just come together if you're not just sitting on your bed or on your couch all the time. No matter what you do, things would just come together in your mind how to survive, let's say, and actually share your compassion with like the people that you're working with. Yeah, and it comes down to action as well. A lot of people don't uh, realize that if they think something, they write something down, they've set a goal, actually yeah. actioning that goal is probably the hardest part and that's when fear can take over but you have to make that decision to move forward. So I just got one more question. Um, with meeting someone like Richard Branson, how do you feel he influenced you? Well, I read his book before I met him and um, if he could go through that pain and stress, you know, that's what I could go through too. I'll be fine. I'll be fine with that. Like uh, he'd gone through a lot of pain and um, stress. So that's what I, that's my impression. Guys, I'm going to leave you right now. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for uh, jumping on, Fernando. This is number one. Number First one. ever Hunt Success Podcast. I'm sure we will have you on in the future. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that with everyone. Okay, man. Talk to you later, bro. See, See you, bro. Yeah.